Welcome to Raising Consciousness with me, Lou Burrows, where raising human consciousness happens. On this show, I'm joined by guests to cover a range of topics and have conversations that will raise human consciousness for current and future generations. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hi everyone, welcome back to Raising Consciousness with me, your host, Lou Burrows. And today on the show, we are joined by uh, Brendan, who is the founder of Master Talk, and he coaches entrepreneurs to become in the top 1% of communicators in their industry. Also, uh, he has a popular YouTube channel that goes by the same name as Master Talk. And we were just talking beforehand about how we first connected like years ago. And this is probably the first time that we've spoke since then. So like, Brendan, how has things been for you? How's how's life? Yeah, look, life is great, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, I think the first time we talked, Master was just an idea. It was probably like early 2020. And I was still in my corporate gig. And, you know, th- through a series of fortunate events and, and timing, I was able to to get a lot of clients who who wanted speaking with me, speaking coaching. I was like, oh, I could do this full time. And and now the mission, Luke, is really to help everybody on earth become a great speaker. And I do this full time. So it's been it's been a fun journey. What about you? How's life been on your side? Yeah, it's been it's been it's been good. I can't complain. You know, I've got my health um, and business is moving in the right direction. It's, it's taking me a little bit of time to actually work out what I want to do and, you know, what my mission and <clears throat> excuse me, purpose is. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm here now and um, and yeah, focused on on moving forward. So thank you for asking, my friend. Thank you for asking. I would love to start with. Um, with the idea, because as you said, I think like when we first connected, it was, it was, uh, it was an idea. So how has things progressed since since then? Like talk 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 me through the journey. Yeah, for sure, Luke. So so a couple of things happened. The first thing was I professionalized my videos. So we hired somebody, one of my my friends, to make the videos look really really good. That's why the YouTube channel started growing really rapidly. That was the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened is I really solidified my relationship with my business partner who really helped me get a lot of my clients. So it went from an idea to a business. So when it turned into a business, I was able to to actually make a sustainable living because before that, look, what would happen is I took a percentage of my corporate salary and I just invested into the channel because I just thought it was always going to be a hobby. So I was like, oh, I was just I just want to make free videos for people. So people just have access. But what I didn't realize at the time is 1% of that audience actually want my help directly and they're willing to pay a lot of money for that. So I said, oh, look, if I have 25 or 30 of these people, I could just do this all the time and just do interviews all day and just coach all day and just focus all my time on that on that mission. And then the third piece was I got – there were some lucky streaks where I got on a couple of either podcasts or platforms that I was able to leverage. So I'll give you an example with Clubhouse. And for the 90 days that Clubhouse was relevant for, it wasn't that long. But for those 90 days, I, I got pretty well known on Clubhouse. I think I went from like zero to 20,000 followers in like 30 or 45 days because we were like the first people on the platform. And because I'm a good speaker, I was able to just go on these rooms and just talk really well. So people, And it would funnel people to my YouTube channel. That's how I got to 10,000 subscribers because I was stuck at like four or 5,000 for a while. Then after things grew. And then on the podcast side, I got really fortunate, Luke. Like uh, just recently, I was a guest on Entrepreneurs on Fire by John Lee Dunas and a lot of big shows. Where I just, and it, honestly, it was just luck too. I just pitched them. I just sent them a, an email 
And and JLD just looked at my YouTube show. He's like, wow, this YouTube show is really good. Yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. And that really blew things up for me. I started getting a ton of clients. And uh, we were able to build a full-time business, man. But I think the most important thing, Luke, is the mission. Like, I'm really clear on my purpose and who I am, which is how do I empower the whole world to be a great speaker? Like, I think the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. And I can spend 100% of my time just focused on that mission versus 20% of my time, what, what I used to do with my corporate job. And so becoming clear on that purpose, uh, has that been like a journey to get there? Absolutely, Luke. And and I'm always a great example of this because I'm someone who didn't really have a purpose. Like I never really understood what that was, like because my parents were factory workers. So for me, my focus was just to get a great job. So I went to school for literally the opposite of what I do today, which is accounting. Like that's what I studied. So it was just to be a numbers guy because it's a stable job, a lot of demand for it. I thought I'd be really good at it. So I worked at one of the big four accounting firms for for like a year and a half that's what i thought i was going to do with my life and then i landed a really good job at ibm in their consulting division so this is not the story of somebody who has their purpose and who's pursuing master talk so what i always like to say luke is the first step to finding one's purpose is not to just find it. it doesn't just come to you You have to earn it that's what i always like to say you have to earn your purpose so the question for me is always are we making our purpose our priority so I'll give you an example with me. Even if I didn't really want to do, know what I wanted to change the world with all that stuff, I was conscious about doing that at some point in my life. I just didn't know what form it would take. So at the beginning, I made a lot of decisions in my life to optimize my life for time. Like people don't understand, Luke, that the number one purpose of money is to buy your time back. So when I started working at IBM and they were paying me really good money, sure, it was a tough job. But while all, all my friends were spending their money on a bunch of random things, I was saving 80% of my income. So when the idea for Master Talk came to me, which was through college, I was ready to jump, ship, and actually make it work. Whereas a lot of us, we waste our money and our resources, and we don't make that our number one priority. That's one thing I'd recommend. And then the other thing I'd recommend is what I call 80-20 questions. So we all know about the 80-20 principle, right? What are 20% of the actions that get us 80% of the results? But for me, the, the twist on that is what are 20% of the questions that we can ask ourselves in our life that bring us 80% of the clarity? And I'm a great example of someone who's answered thousands of these questions. That's why I'm super self-aware. But to not overwhelm your audience, I'll give you three to get us started. So number one is if you had all the money in the world, what would you do with your time? Not the money. But with your time, because you don't have to work anymore. You don't have to worry about retirement anymore. You're retired today. So what do you do with the rest of your time? People don't have a good answer to that question, Luke. They usually respond with, I don't know, travel. But for how long? What are you going to do, travel for 10 years and then die? doesn't make any sense. So think thoroughly about that question. That's one. Number two is if you could only accomplish three things in your life, and only three, nothing else. What would you want to accomplish and why? And a lot of people don't have that answer too. They want to do 15 different things. But if you could only do three before you die, what do you want those three things to be? And I have a clear answer to that question, even if it took me a while to get there. And then finally, number three that I got from Devon Bandison, who's a great coach. He says this all the time, and I love it so much. The question is, what's a goal or a dream that you secretly gave up on and never told anyone about? So these are the questions that lead to truth. It's just most people aren't willing to go through the hard work of asking themselves these questions. 
I definitely agree and resonate with that. And it reminds me of something I heard around when you ask better questions, you get better answers. Like a lot of us are asking poor questions, right? Like why me questions and, and you know, those sorts of questions, right? And so we're going to get bad answers. And um, I definitely love those questions. So um, in terms of communication and what you do now, what do people need to know about that? Like, what do people need to know about communication and public speaking or just speaking in general? Because a lot of people are scared of, of public speaking, right? So, um, yeah, what do people need, need to know about communication? Because it's top skill, right? We're, all, we're always communicating. Absolutely, Luke. So for me, the perspective has always been communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is eye contact. One of those balls is facial expressions. One of those balls is verbal cues, nonverbal cues, storytelling, body language. And it can get really confusing really fast if you try and do all of these at the same time. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls that we can juggle in the air? Because if we can juggle those three balls in the air, we'll just get better over time. So what are those three easy balls? So let's go into them. Number one, Luke, is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like soapbox, like light bulb, like table, like hat, and create random presentations out of thin air. This serves two main purposes. One, it helps us deal with uncertainty because life is filled with it. Let me give you a quick example. Let's say you go to a party or an event and you meet somebody new. You have no idea how that conversation is going to go. You don't just go up to that person and say, hey, look, I have a pre-list of questions we're going to talk about today, and you're going to answer it this way. That's not how conversations work. You have no idea what's going to happen. And the second purpose to that exercise, Luke, is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you could make sense out of anything. So if you talk about avocados for 30 seconds in a random word exercise, you could go back to a podcast, an interview, a job setting at your family and answer all of those questions because you already know something about it. So I'd encourage people to do this a few times a day, whether it's in the shower, whether it's with your kids, for those of you who have kids, whether it's with your nieces, your nephews, your family. Number two, the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life. But most of us, Luke, are reactive to those questions. We wait for the question to come, and then we answer it and go, uh, I'll give you an example with me. A few years ago, and you actually know this because you knew me a few years ago, when I started guesting on podcasts, and I can attest to this when I was on your show, I'm pretty sure I sucked. Pretty sure I was really bad. And there's this one guy, Luke, who asked me the funniest question when I had no idea what I was doing on podcast. It wasn't you, it was somebody else. Somebody asked me, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I was like, I don't know, dude, London, Los Angeles, New York. Like, I don't know. So I was being reactive. I wasn't ready for the question. So what I did instead is every single day for five minutes, that's all I ask your audience to do. Look, five minutes a day, answer one question that you think the world will ask you. Whether it's about your expertise, your products, your services from your family, your work setting, if you have a job, just answer one question every day. And if you just do that for a year, you'll be unstoppable because you'll have answered 365 questions. And that's why I built up my expertise really quick in communication. And finally, number three, it's so simple. Nobody does it. Look, make a list of three people you love the most in your life. Could be a family member. It could be a friend, 
a client, a podcast guest, doesn't really matter. And ask yourself, when was the last time we sent them a 20-second, not a 20-minute, but a 20-second video message to just say, hey, I really appreciate everything that you're doing in, in your life, Luke. I love the podcast. I love that you're always, you're always in pursuit of your purpose and your potential. Keep doing the incredible work that you're doing. And we don't do that. And people think, Luke, that when we send this video, people receiving it will go, oh, well, you made all of these mistakes, Brendan. This wasn't perfect. No, what they all say all the time, Luke, is, oh, my God, nobody sends me a video message. They're not paying attention to the mistakes they're making. They're paying attention to how much you care about them. So if you do these three exercises for the next 30 days consistently, you will guarantee you see a spike in your communication skills. So a challenge that I faced in communication and still face it today has been with being able to articulate myself, right? So I might have like an idea or I might have something that I want to say, but getting it from how I see it in my mind, you know, how I want to communicate it to actually the words that come out of my mouth is, has been a challenge. And so what would be some advice that you would give to someone like me who, who who faces that because I'm sure it's not just only me. I'm sure there's thousands of people. Um, so I'm curious in, 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 in that side of communication. Absolutely. It's a fantastic question. I always love, I always love also that you start with vulnerability first whenever you answer, when you ask the question, it definitely makes it a lot more authentic, which I appreciate. So there's two parts to that. One part to articulation, which is the random word exercise, actually. So what's nice about this and how it relates to articulation, Luke, is if I just give you the word hat, you're like, I don't know how to articulate. You're like, well, I just, I just have to invent something. So you get used to articulating uncertainty or uncertainty because you don't know what the word is. Like if you give me like puzzle, you have to go, oh, puzzle is like, we're all puzzled in our lives and I have to start creating a presentation. So that automatically helps us with articulating ideas that we're familiar with, because if we can articulate the unknown, we can, we can articulate what we already know. So that's one piece to that. And that's the simple answer. The more complicated answer, for those of you who want more layers to this conversation, is there's two parts to this. The, the second part is going, what are the ideas that I find myself communicating in my day-to-day -day life that are consistent? So I'll give an example with me, very simple. I'm always being asked about communication. Those are the ideas that are more consistent. So an example of how I would apply this is I would go back to this very podcast and, and write down the questions you asked me and say, if I had a second chance at this question, how could I articulate the ideas better? And that I'm the product of that today, Luke. So it's not that Brendan is brilliant or anything. It's because Brendan has answered the same question 300 times now in the last three years that you've known me. So I'm just a lot better at articulating the same idea over and over again. Gary Vaynerchuk is probably the flagship example of this in our industry where he always says the same thing over and over again. But boy, does it come out really well. Not because he's brilliant, though he is to a certain extent, but more so because he's just communicating the same idea over and over again. So naturally, the articulation of those ideas improve over time. So for you who's listening, who might not be a podcast guest, who might not be in media, who might not be a content creator, which is totally fine, just think about at work and in your life, what are some meetings, what are some environments where I find myself communicating the same ideas? Let me give you a simple one. When you have a family meeting, 
like with your with your family every month to just talk about where you're going for vacation, to talk about how your life is, the dinner conversations. Those are the same conversations being repeated over again. So you can write down what you want to articulate for that one setting and just get better at it and then improve in other settings. And then the last piece, which is more advanced that I do, is articulating languages you don't know. So one fun fact about me, Luke, which I don't recommend most people do, at least when they're getting started, is I speak three languages fluently, but I can karaoke in eight. And I want to pay attention to a couple of things. One, I don't sing well. <laughs> Second, I don't have no idea what I'm saying the other five languages. But what this does is when we're articulating words we don't understand, it forces us to focus just on the pronunciation of those words, which makes our articulation skills in general approve across the board. Fascinating. That's really fascinating. So it sounds like you uh, or, or you have done to get to where you are today went back to reflect on the ideas that you were trying to articulate before and pointed out, okay, so I did this well, this not so well. And that's how that then we improve at this skill, ultimately. So. 1000%. And I'm, I'm the textbook example of this. I started Master when I was a kid, Luke. I was 22 years old when I started Master Talk. I had no idea to coach other people how to speak. I just knew I was a good speaker. I kind of just figured it out. But I don't really know how to transfer that knowledge from me to, let's say, you. It's like, okay, I know how to speak, but how do I teach Luke how to speak and his audience? And I had no—I literally had no idea how to do that. So I would just make one video, and then it, and then my audience would go, oh, but I don't get it. And then I would have to remake the same video until they got it. So for me, it was a process and a journey too, and people need to go through the mess to find the message. Definitely. In terms of public speaking, because that's a fear that I feel like a lot of people have. In your experience, why do you think that people, and obviously the clients you work with, why do you think that people have that fear and how, what can they do to start to overcome it? Absolutely, Luke. So obviously my answer has gotten better over time because before I used to answer, uh, I don't know, man, it just comes from depending on the city that you're based in. But, <laughs> but for, na for, for today, I have a much better answer, which is where do we learn how to speak? We learn how to speak in the education system, right? Because that's where we give all our formal presentations when we're 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Whether you're based in the UK, whether you're based in the US, Canada, doesn't matter. This is where you learn how to speak. But here's the problem, Luke. All of those presentations have three fundamental challenges. Number one, all of them are mandatory. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Luke, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody says that. So that's problem number one. Versus like basketball, people do say that. Hey, do you want to get food and like shoot some hoops for a few hours? People say that, right? But they don't, or footy, or kick a ball for a few for a few hours. Nobody says that about speaking. Number two, you never present something you're passionate about. So it's never, hey, Luke, what do you care about? I, I see you love about, you're passionate about consciousness, you're passionate about media and podcasting. Why don't you just give a presentation about that and we'll just clap for you in school? No, no, no. That's not how this works. It's, by the way, Luke, you have to talk about Shakespeare and poetry. And then after that, Brendan, what you have to follow up with the Renaissance. And we're just sitting there like, what's a Renaissance? Like, we have no idea what's happening. But we have to present those presentations because we have no choice. And then we go to number three, which is actually the worst of all the challenges. And it's that all of our presentations are tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, not only 
do not get a good grade or a you know pat on the back you lose grades you get punished for it so we grow up believing luke that communication is a chore so it becomes one and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes so that's where i believe the core issue is because if you go to a five-year-old luke and i believe children are some of our greatest teachers and you give them the random word exercise, they don't look at you in judgment and go, oh my God, well, all my other six-year-old friends think of me in kindergarten. No, they don't do that at all. They just go, oh, uh, bacon is something my mom makes for my breakfast and I really like it and it's really tasty. They just go for it, right? They just go for it. In the same way that when we're babies, when we sit down and we can't walk, we don't think to ourselves, man, I really hope I don't disappoint my mother right now. No, we just get up. We just get up until we figure it out. But we lose that along the way. So for me, the cure to communication fear is not necessarily trying to get rid of it, but rather seeing it as a dichotomy, a relationship that we manage, kind of like a boxing match, where one side of the ring is the fear, the other side of the ring is the message. The fear is, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I'm stressed out. And the message goes, this is important. And the goal is not to remove the fear. Because everyone's scared. If Elon Musk called me today and said, I need you to coach me, I'll pay you a million bucks, I'd be scared too, <laughs> even if I'm coaching people how to speak. The goal is to make sure that your message is just a little bit more important than the fear, so the message knocks out the fear every time that boxing match begins. That's it. When you were talking there, uh, and kind of obviously you gave the reasons why we have this fear, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I, I resonate with all three of those um like reasons are ultimately, you know, thinking back to school, it was give a presentation on something I did not care about, you know, did not you even really know, probably because I wasn't paying attention or listening, right? And so then you're, so then you get up there, I was like, you know, what, what am I doing? Whereas if they asked me to do something gone, you know, when I was growing up, I was huge into football, right? Then I would probably have been like, you know, I want this, you know? So yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts recently where I've kind of like had these, I don't know if they're eureka moments, like breakthrough moments, but when I'm like talking to obviously the guests and then I am reflecting in the moment and I'm realizing actually situations and events from my own life where these situations have come up, you know, and it's fascinating um, learning and obviously personal growth like, experience. So thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing that. Man. Of course, Luke, I'm a lot better than last time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, to be honest, I can't even remember last time. So, um, so, 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 yeah, this is definitely uh, better, good, yeah, excellent, excellent. Cause I can't remember. But wait, last time was it was it with me or was it when I was doing the co-host show? I can't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. I just remember you no. being there. Okay, I was just there. All <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Maybe. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so, I guess, um, and also in terms of like public speaking, I feel it's very, um, so when I think of it, uh, there's a lot of like, spotlight on it. And when there's spotlight on, I mean, some people might thrive in that situation, but for me, and I'm guessing also for a lot of people when like the spotlight is like sh shine, you know, on them, they, they, they can freeze. So in that moment, what are some insights or kind of tips that you have to help people when that spotlight is, is on them because yeah i'm an introvert so when the spotlight's on me i kind of <laughs> run or, or, or want to run but um but uh yeah so uh yeah we'd love to kind of get your wisdom on that one 
For sure, look, happy to. So, so for me, man, the, the perspective is always – because there's other coaches or professionals in my space who might say, hey, you know, there's a breathing technique you could use. You could power pose. You could deal with the, the anxiety in real time. That's not my style at all because I just don't fundamentally believe in it. For me, it's really about saying what are we doing before that stage time begins to make it almost impossible for you to fail. Of course, there's going to be situations where you're going to mess things up. I've messed up so many presentations. And my first 50 appearances on podcasts, if not 100, were really bad too. So that's okay, right? It's a part of the journey. Nobody's perfect the first time. But besides that, it's about saying, what have I actually done to prepare myself for this moment so that I'm giving myself the best chance? And let me give you a simple example of this. And the reason I mentioned this example is because literally 100% of everyone I've worked with in my career were not doing these three things before, without me helping them or forcing them to do it. Actually, forcing is actually the better example here which is the three exercises we talked about before. The random word exercise, the question drill, and the video message. Here's the problem, Luke, with everyone listening to the podcast. I always like to call out. Everyone's writing the tips down, which is great. It's such a good thing to do. It's retention. Wow, Luke brought on this crazy cuckoo sharing a lot of communication advice. It's really good around speaking and the random word exercise. Wow, so brilliant. Video message. I never thought about sending that to my sister. And question just, whoa, like answering my question. But the problem is, Nobody does it. When the podcast episode ends, they don't do the most important thing, which is ball four. The best way to speak is to speak. You can listen to me and you talk all day, but the way that we get better is by saying, are we booking 15 minutes in our calendar every single day to do those three exercises? So let's go back to that presentation setting you, you drove, Luke, and watch how these exercises help us. Let's start with the random word exercise. If you do the random word exercise five times a day, Luke, for the next 30 days, you'll have done it 150 times. Your confidence when you go into a presentation that you know the topic, that you had time to prepare for, will literally be a joke. Sure, you might be nervous a little bit, and I have some tips around how to overcome that. But the overarching idea is, okay, if I talk about trophy case and lip balm and face and cup and pistachios randomly, and I'm giving a presentation to a group of 50 people around accounting, but I've studied accounting for the last 10 years of my life, what's more frightening? Right? The accounting presentation doesn't seem so hard anymore. That's why I'm a big believer of doing the harder thing. Same thing for the question drill. Oh my God, Brendan, Luke, I'm so nervous. What if they ask me a question I don't know? Well, instead, how about 30 days or 60 days before the presentation, you just answer two or three questions every day until you have an answer for everything. So like, the reason I'm not stressed on podcasts isn't because I'm some Iron Man because I don't think they'll ever cast me for that movie. But I think it's more about saying, I've answered so many bloody questions, Luke, that there isn't anyone who can stump me on communication, unless their goal is to intentionally stump me. But if the goal is not to intentionally stump me, they won't ask me a question that I won't be ready for. So when I got on some of the bigger shows, and they started asking me really tough questions around communication that, I that even I hadn't considered. Like one question I remember getting, Luke, was, and you can't even predict this, 
is how do we balance the energy of being exciting like Tony Robbins with the corporate boardroom because you can't always be exciting. I was like, that's true. That's a fair point. But because I practiced the question drill, I had a really good answer for it, which was extreme to the means. You practice the extreme and you bring back the means. But if I hadn't done the prep work of doing the question drills, I would have flopped that question. Same thing with video messages. Sure, you can write that down. But if you actually sent three a day for 30 days, you don't have to send it on social media or anything. You don't have to make this public. It's literally just through Facebook or through WhatsApp or through Telegram. You're just sending video messages to your friends. You, you're going to be so good at speaking. So that would be the, the other piece. And then the last piece that I'll give is an additional tip, which is ball number five, is the puzzle analogy, which is simply this. Communication is like juggling a jigsaw puzzle where you have all of these thousand pieces, those toys we used to play as kids, and you're putting it together. That's what communication is. But most of us, when we work on a jigsaw puzzle in the real world, Luke, we start with the edges first because it makes sense. You know, you pick up the corner pieces from the box. They're easier to find. They get the little edge to them. You put them all together. You work your in your middle. I encourage everyone listening to this podcast, Luke, to follow the same perspective with presentations start with the edges first why are you going with the middle because if you go with the middle you ramble throughout the whole thing and the last slide sounds like this uh yeah thanks so instead practice just the introduction just the intro 20 times 25 times takes two minutes to do it once you'll be done in 45 minutes to an hour same thing for the close just do the conclusion 20 times 25 times takes another 45 minutes then tackle the middle. If you do those things, you'll be just fine. So on that last tip, I found that actually once I, if it's, you know, an introduction to the podcast or introduction to a, a video on YouTube or wherever it is, if I can nail the intro or the beginning and be confident also at the end, for me, I kind of feel like the middle figures itself out, you know, like works itself out. Like if you have experience with that, I love how we're playing off so well here, Luke. You're you're 100% correct, right? So when you when you get mm. the intro and the conclusion right, you won't always have the middle, but your energy around it will change because you'll look at yourself and go, oh, because I always thought I was a bad speaker because I'm introverted or I'm this or I'm that. That's what we tell ourselves. But then when we re-listen to, let's say, a podcast intro that you've done 20 times, there's no debate. It is objective that your intro sounds so badass because you've just done it 20 times. So your energy around communication changes. That's why for me, the key word throughout this whole conversation, Luke, is momentum, 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 momentum. How do you build up momentum? So for me, it's not about going, okay, we're all scared. We're all going to die because we want to speak. So how do we do something while we we're, we're really scared of the skill? That's not the way I've approached it ever. Cause I think that's bad woo woo. It's bad energy for me. It's about saying like, okay, we're terrible speakers. So what? Let's just do the random word exercise once or twice and see what happens. But at the beginning, people think they can't do it at all. Oh, Brendan, they could never do the random word exercise. Then they do it once. And I go, well, you just did it. So what else do you think you could do? They go, well, I could do this 10 times. They'll do it 10 times. Then they'll do it 10 times. And I go, what else can you do? I think I could do it 100 times. And some people, they'll do it 100 times in a week. And then I'll go, okay, what else do you think is possible? I don't even tell them what's possible. I let them answer the question. And then eventually they look at me dead in the eyes, Luke, and they go, you know what? Anything's possible. I could do this. This mm -hmm. is easy. And that's really the key.
Obviously, um, you are the communication expert, and so you will know that communication is a two-way street with uh, with others as well. So obviously, I feel like we've been focusing on how we can communicate better with others. In terms of like how we, I guess, listen, you know, like active listening and how we receive others as well. I, for me, you know, that's part of the communication um, conversation as well. And something that I've found recently is trying to be able to like read between the lines of what people are saying are saying or what they mean because what people say and what they mean often tends to be different <laughs> you know so um i would yeah do you have any like wisdom wisdom on that on like especially in our relationships you know i've been trying to be very aware of this in you know family relationships family dynamics etc et ultimately to become a better, better version of myself but yeah, in terms of that, what uh, wisdom do you um, have to have to share? I mean, let me start with this, Luke. You're a much better listener than me. That's why I make a good guess because I like rambling all the time, and you're the guy <laughs> who's who's listening really carefully here. So, so I don't think you need much work on it. But for the audience, what I'll say is, here's the challenge I have with listening. The challenge is, we say it's important. But there's no practical tips on how we can actually get better. So I had to in, in, invent a couple. Mm, so, true. so let me give you two. One is called questions versus statements, and then I'll teach you how to apply it literally tomorrow. It's really easy, actually. So questions versus statements just means, Luke, what is the percentage of statements versus questions that I'm communicating in any given moment of my life? So what you'll often find, Luke, is whenever we're talking, most people communicate in statements. Let me give you an example. I believe this. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe that. Well, I believe that. Versus the best communicators on the planet, which I'm not doing a great job of because I'm supposed to be the podcast guest, so I have to add value. I can't just keep asking questions. That's why this, this frame is a little different than if me and you were just meeting in person and having dinner together or something, is statements versus questions. I obviously wouldn't ramble for 40 minutes. I'd rather hear what you're up to and how your life is going. So if somebody goes, I believe this, people who are great communicators often respond with, why do you believe that? Why is that important to you? And what we'll find is when we really are honest with ourselves, Luke, and we audit questions versus statements, most people listening to this podcast are either asking zero, one, or two questions on a day-to-day -day basis to other people. So the simple advice is just ask more questions. You don't need to be a podcast host like Luke. Just go up to people and ask them a simple question like, what's the biggest lesson you learned about yourself this year, like in 2022? or something like that, and just listen to their answers. Now let's get into a fun exercise I teach clients on how to radically improve your communication skills, your listening skills, in a way that's very fast, like you shortcut the growth. So here's what you do. You make a list of three people you love the most. So let's say we, we were best buddies. We did this with each other as an example. Let's say we both lived in London or something. We did this in person over lunch. The exercise is really simple. You book a one-on-one, -on -one, not a two-on-one, not a 10-on-one, a one-on-one -on -one call with your best buddy, your growth friend, the person who's growing with you for 45 minutes minimum, and you ask them what their top three goals are for this year, but for the duration of the call, you are not allowed to give advice. You're only allowed to ask questions, take notes, and restate what that person is saying. So let's do a fun example here. And we're not going to role play too much. I'll just play it out for both of us. So sure. let's say, for example, I asked you, I said, okay, Luke, what are your top three goals for the year? 
you'll tell me what those three goals are. Right. Yeah. So go ahead. I'll jump in. So my top three goals for this year is OR to get to 10,000 downloads on the podcast. It's goal number one. Goal number two is to become full-time within um, my business. So, uh, yeah, live full out because we're rebranding. Um, and goal number three is to... So I track all my habits, and at the moment I'm at like 98% complete, and I want to get to 100%. Love that, Luke. Great job. So what I would do in this situation, let's say we were having a goals call, is I would start by restating everything I heard. So just to make sure I got that, Luke, thanks for sharing that with me. So the first goal that you had was really getting to 10,000 downloads. So that's number one. Number two is going full-time in what you're doing. And number three is tracking your habits, right? Did I get that correctly? Yes. Awesome. And then, oh, great. Sorry, there's a little lag there. So I accidentally interrupted you there. And then what I'll do for the next 45 minutes, you don't have to answer any of these questions, Luke, or else it might overwhelm you, is, is <laughs> then I'll just start asking you a bunch of questions, but never give you advice. So I'll say something like, did you want 10,000 for the whole show or 10,000 per episode? Habit trackers. Talk to me about what habits you're implementing right now in your life. I just want to hear more. Tell me more. Tell me more is one of the most powerful questions we can ask another human being which I'm not asking today or else we, we'd go for probably another 60 minutes here, but you get the idea. So tell me more. And then the, the, the second piece, right? Right. The, the goal is going full-time. What does full-time mean to you? Does that mean $50,000 a year is enough for you to go full-time? Do you have kids? Obviously I don't think you have kids, but you know what I mean? Like a mortgage, I don't want to assume, right? So you ask questions, you have a dog that you're providing for. And I, I say nothing. I just ask questions, but from the receiver's perspective, even if you're never giving advice, it's so valuable, and I'll prove it right now. All of the questions that is asked you, Luke, has anyone asked you all of these questions any time in the last 12 months? No. Exactly. No. And that is the gift that we can give our network, and it doesn't cost us a dollar and it makes us better listeners. So that's the practical tip. Do a goals call, one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. Don't give advice. Just ask questions. I love that. The questions we ask. I'm just trying to think how to pose this question, my friend. Because I think, for me, I tend to be, I guess, that person who is curious by nature, you know? So ask questions. I guess I'm conscious, and maybe I'm overthinking. So, so do, do forgive me. If the person on the receiving end, so if, for example, if it's like a why question, so let's say they say somebody um, does something, and I'm curious to find out why they why they've done that, and I and then, you know I go up to them and say, oh, so like, why did you do that? What was going through your through your mind at the time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If they take if they take that in a let's say a negative way, and then they respond to me or react in that way. How does one navigate that? Because I see that quite often in relationship dynamics, right? And so I'm, I'm fascinated by that because oftentimes, you know, people might be coming from a, just that curious place, right? That curious nature. But the other person might feel like they're continuously being questioned. So does it depend on like the type of questions we ask? Does it depend on how we ask them? Uh, yeah, does that make sense? 1000% Luke, and I love the nuance. And you're definitely not overthinking this. So the way that I answer this question, Luke, is let's start easy first. 
So for me, the most important part of this exercise is doing it with somebody who actually is really interested in doing it. And that might not be your mother. That might not be your sister. That not your sister in particular, but just in general, like people's sister or people's mother or their cousin. Literally just pick the person that you just really adore. That like is down for this, like is excited, who like also listen to this episode, like the, the type of person that's perfect for this exercise, Lou, because you always want to practice listening to the person you actually want to listen to. Okay, let me repeat that again. I know it's, it's a very obvious insight, but it's important for people to implement. The best person to practice listening with is the person you actually want to listen to. Even if I teach listening, I'm always up front. I always like to be the, the communication expert is more down to earth. So I don't like to BS people. There's obviously people I don't want to listen to. There's people I don't like listening to. So so trying to do that first is not going to make us better listeners. I'd rather – like for you, I'd listen to you all day because you're super open-minded. You're conscious. You're going a lot of tips. So I'd listen to you just get your insights on things. But I'm the guest. So I have to talk today. But but you get what I'm saying, right? So, so it's not hard. It doesn't have to be like a – uh, does it have to be family? Does it have to be my girlfriend or my husband or whatever? Like, no, 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 no. Like, it doesn't have to be that. Pick one person and open and make it an open invitation. Don't go. We have to go on this call. Say, say like, hey, uh, dude or gal. Like, I I listened to this podcast with Luke and Brendan, and they gave me this advice to do this. What do you think of that? Do you think that's something we we want to do? Is that interest to you? And they go like, sure, let's do it. And those people you do the exercise with. But the second layer to the conversation that you brought up indirectly, Luke, is what about the relationships we have trouble managing? What about the relationships where there's a little bit more conflict, where things can be misconstrued in different ways? So for 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 me, it's always you work on the easiest relationships first. You get really good at communicating with them, and then you're able to go to the harder the harder one. So I'll give you an example. You're a very easy interview for me because you're a great host. You're very calm. You let me talk. But then there's other interviews that are much harder for me to deal with. And I have to keep like, I have to keep, uh, stay on my toes. Like so they're trying to throw a question at me just to knock me off. Like it doesn't happen a lot, but you know, sometimes that happens. But if I'm not, pre- if I'm not prepped for those moments, I won't be able to deal with them. So I'll give you one example without overcomplicating this because the main theme that I want people to take away is pick one person you adore in your life and and they adore you too and just do a 45-minute goals call with them. Ask them questions. Don't overthink that part because that will guarantee get you results. But then the other part is acknowledging how do we get better at relationships. The one piece I would share is communicating effective boundaries I think is the best place to start. So I'll give you a common example we see in relationships, which is a five-word sentence that we say all the time, which is useless, by the way. I need more alone time. I need more alone time. Here's the challenge, Luke, with this sentence. What does that mean? Does that mean you want to be in a library alone and not be texted on a Saturday morning? Does that mean you just need 60 minutes in the morning to read a book? Does that mean you need to take a walk with the dog 45 minutes in the evening? Does that mean you want to be in a cave for three weeks? We don't know. So if we don't clarify that, the partner assumes that you want more alone time because you don't love them anymore, because you want to distance them. That's that's the stories we've meant as human beings if we don't clarify. So a good example of that is to say, Hey, babe, or family member, I would really appreciate an hour in the morning to just read a book and calm my mind and have that alone time because it helps me show up better for our family. Is there any way in, the, in which you can help me support me in that goal and that boundary? And that, you always get a yes because people understand why it's asked in a really nice way with very 
calm vocal tones. And then the last piece to that exercise is you start with easy first. So no, don't go to let's switch countries. Okay, we can worry about those later. You start with, hey, could I have an hour to read the book? But then the last step to this equation, Luke, that nobody talks about in our industry is now that you've respected one of my boundaries, what can I do for you? What's one boundary that you like that I can help you with? And that's where the reciprocation begins. I love that. Um, it's, it's different to what you were sharing there, but there's a book I read, and I think it was, I think it was um, a Dale Carnegie book, the book of seven. Um, yep. No, the, maybe, you're talking maybe, about the the seven daily habits. Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, sorry. It's just because you're laggy. I, I accidentally interrupted you. So, so you were saying you were talking about the seven daily habits of effective people by Stephen Covey. Maybe it's that one. I don't know. Um, it's either that one or a Dale Carnegie book. Um, one of them. I, I've got it in friends and influence people. Maybe it's that one. Yeah, that one actually. I think. Um, but there was like a, a. I think it was like a beginning of a sentence. There was like to start. Like if you want someone to maybe do something for you, I think you start it off by saying "if I," like, and then "would you" type of thing, because then it demonstrates that you what you're willing to to give and i'm sharing that with everyone because it just reminded me of what you were saying there because we obviously uh don't want to be just like taking from people like all, all the time you know what i need what i need what i need you know we're experiencing this life together with our friends with our family etc and so it's about uh creating those win-win situations and relationships right absolutely right it's all about what can we do for other people but I think the mm. big piece is when we choose to do the goals call, when we choose to respect other people's boundaries, like for those of you who are nervous about bringing up your own boundary, you don't even have to do that. You can just go up to somebody that you love and say, hey, I listen to this in this podcast. What's one boundary that I can help you with? So you don't even talk about your boundaries if you're uncomfortable with that conversation. What's something easy? Mm. And then and then your partner will just go, oh, you know, I, I just like having 15 minutes in the morning with the hot tea, just to clear my mind not be not be uh, not be bothered or anything or talk to for the first 15 minutes. You're like, yeah, sure, that's easy. And then they go, oh, well, what about you? And then the conversation begins. Brendan, man, like, thank you so much. It's been, I want to be um, respectful of, of your time. Um, we're approaching an hour. So um, thank you so much for all of the wisdom and tips and everything that, that you shared. If you could leave one message with our audience today, what would that uh, message be? Absolutely, Luke. Thanks for having me on. It's such a pleasure. The last message is a question. And the question is simply this, my friend, how would your life change if you became an exceptional communicator? You know, a lot of us, when we think of communication, Luke, we focus on the fear, we focus on the anxiety, we focus on the stress. So we're not excited about working on our communication. Whereas for me, it's always been about how would your life change if you became a great speaker? Because if that question is something you thought of a little bit more, it would not just improve your salary or your bottom line, but more importantly, the quality of your life. Because communication is so much more than getting an extra paycheck or being a podcast guest or even a host. It's the way we talk to our family. It's the way that mm -hmm. we raise our children. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant. It's the way that we make new friends. And once we get better at communication, it improves every interaction that we'll have with people for the rest of our lives. So yes, I encourage and implore people to answer that question for themselves.
Amazing. Thank you so much for today. Um, I took a, I've taken a ton of notes, but obviously, as you mentioned beforehand, it's about action, right? Like, like doing the exercises and stuff. So I'm uh, very conscious of that. Uh, in the few minutes that we have left, we have left. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about your work, what you do? And yeah, connect with me. For sure, look, absolutely. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is definitely the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And then the second way to keep in touch is to jump onto one of my free communication workshops over Zoom that I deliver live. So if you want to jump on those, you'll see me apply all of the tips that we talked about today on a 90-minute Zoom call. We do it every two weeks for the community. It's absolutely free. And you can jump on that at rockstarcommunicator.com. Amazing. I think I'm signing up for something for one in February or it was, was it March? I think because we were speaking on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, probably Feb. I think so. Feb, yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate you, your time, your wisdom. Uh, it's been fascinating. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Excellent. Well, guys, I will include all of Brendan's links down below in the, in the description. So definitely check those out. And I will be back next week for another episode. Have a great one. And for more after today's show, be sure to head on over to raisingconsciousness.show to get all of the show notes, transcriptions, videos for each episode, and a hell of a lot more. And if you got value from this episode, found it insightful, or learned a thing or two, please leave a review where you can let everyone know that this show is worth checking out. I appreciate you so much. You'll be hearing from me in the next episode.